Thanks for joining us on Fresh Faith. We're excited to bring you a special season of the podcast. Ron and former Pittsburgh Steeler Tunch Ogan have worked alongside one another for years. You may remember Tunch on some previous episodes of the podcast. A while back, they teamed up to do a special series on the Journey Radio called Biblical Manhood. This series has been one of the most well-received series, and so we knew we just had to bring it to you on the podcast. Welcome back to Fresh Faith, a podcast brought to you from the Bible Chapel in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We're working through our series on biblical manhood. You like something, you like it a lot. How do you know if you like it too much? How do you know if you're addicted? On today's podcast, Ron and Tunch take a look at the signs that men and the women in their lives shouldn't ignore. Thank you for joining us today on The Journey. We're involved in a series of broadcasts focusing on the real issues of real men. And joining me to discuss these issues is Tunch Ilkin, pastor of men's ministry at the Bible Chapel in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Sought after speaker around the country, Tunch was an NFL Pro Bowler, 13 seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers, a year with the Green Bay Packers. Tunch, thanks for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. It uh, has been. You know, doing this has been yeah. really good. I, you're, you're probably losing listeners, though, because <laughs> my input on this. <laughs> Still thinking about you, the car. You wanted real. You wanted real. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're going to talk about the real issues that men face. And by the way, some of these issues came from a men's retreat. Right, they did. You asked some guys to give us some things that need to be addressed right. that maybe aren't being addressed in some areas. And these were the subjects that came. One of the subjects, the subject we're going to talk about today is addictions. Right. So let's just get right into it. Let's cut to the chase. I know I'm an addict if what? Yeah. Well, number one, I know that I'm an addict if what I'm doing to get that buzz is taking more and more and more. I know I'm an addict if I can't go without well, actually, in the counseling community, they'll say 30 days. If you can't stay clean for 30, 30 days, days okay. you know, I've also heard as short as a week. I know I'm an addict if every time I reach for whatever it is that I'm addicted to, I need a bigger jolt of that. I need more of that drug or kind of a wilder experience. I know that I'm an addict if whatever it is that I'm dealing with, I'm thinking about all the time. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of more right. signs than that. So an addiction is when you continue to do something, you know it's harmful, right? but you crave it. You can't control the urge to get it because the high feeling that you're going to get is better than the crash you're going to have afterwards because you know there's going to be a crash right. afterwards. And you know that you're in it too. If you are experiencing real negative responses and you continue, if you are in a specific lifestyle, there's a number of things to be addicted to and you start having consequences. Like if, let's say for the sake of the discussion, if you are addicted to alcohol and you have two DUIs and you have not stopped drinking, then you know that you have an addiction. If you're addicted to a drug and you get busted or you get found out, and you continue, there's a pretty good chance that you're uh, dealing with an addiction. So you're not heeding any wake-up calls. Right, you're just ignoring it. Okay, so there's a lot of addictions, and we're going to go through some of these. But touch particularly, working with men, the addiction of pornography. It's always been around. Right. But today, man, I hear it with younger guys more and more and more. At least if we wanted to look at pornography when we were growing up, you had to sneak around. You, you had, had to go a buy a Playboy magazine. magazine. Yeah. Right. Well, now, 
couple clicks and you're there right. on the computer. Yeah. So again, working with guys all the time, pornography is an issue. Yeah, pornography is a huge issue. And because of things like iPhones and iPads, you can get on a porn site as quickly as you can get on any site. Mm -hmm. And I have found out that when you go to those sites, there's a certain kind of advertising or marketing or things that show up and keep trying to drag you in. And having an iPhone, you don't have to be at your desk to access all this stuff. You know, talk to guys that got it on their iPhones. That's why the old flip phone, I still say, is the best <laughs> phone for you. You know, but it's true. There are so many ways. Remember, when we were kids, that not only did you have to get a magazine, a Playboy, but it was in a brown paper bag yeah. behind the counter. Now you've got magazines that are not even considered pornography that have soft porn. So we are constantly being bombarded with image after image after image after image. So talk to the guy who maybe he won't say he's addicted. Right. But he will at least admit he's looking at it a lot. Yeah, you know, and I've done that. And let's just say this, that number one, it pollutes your mind. It absolutely mm -hmm. pollutes your mind. It puts images in your head. And so now they're locked away. It's not like you see an image and then it exits. It's there. It's in your memory banks. And so it steals from your wife because now you are comparing your wife to this image that we've just seen on a porn site. The other thing it does, it really plays havoc with the way your body releases dopamines. And so when you get this buzz, whether it is through alcohol, drugs, or whether it's through pornography, your dopamine levels skyrocket. So now your desire for that skyrocket feeling becomes a drug in itself. And so now that level goes high. And so whatever you saw, well, now that erotic image is not quite enough. So now you start looking for the more erotic image and you get into this darkness of erotica and it pulls you deeper and deeper in. And Let's face it, you can get as crazy from an erotica standpoint on the internet. Guys that I've talked to have struggled with the fact of what really is available to them. So, you got chemicals going off in your body. Obviously, there's a physical aspect of it, but now there's a mental aspect of it. You need to see what you saw plus. And we talked about this in a previous broadcast, but it goes back to the old sin of lust. You are looking and fixing your eyes on something you shouldn't see for sexual pleasure. Right. And that hits you two ways. Number one, obviously, I am participating in this sin that God says is dangerous, and he lumps it with all these sins together that really lead to death. I don't want to say spiritual death, obviously, because God can restore us. Right. But there is this thing that's going on at that moment in time, and now... Not only it is sinful before God, and how does that impact my fellowship with God? After I've just looked in a porn site and men talk about using pornography, well, obviously the using of the pornography is followed by masturbation. Okay, so now there is this break in fellowship with God because there's this shame that comes with that. And as you talk to guys, they're dealing with this tremendous shame. Then the other part of that is the death that it has on the way you view your wife because now you're picturing an image. You're no longer looking at your wife. 
as your wife, you are seeing other images in your mind. You talk to guys, and one of the hideous aspects of pornography is the way it impacts the way you look at your wife for sex. And so now you look at her differently, and you start fantasizing, and you're really not with your wife. And so guys that think that a problem with pornography can be simply solved by exiting that behavior, well, those images are still in your head, and guys need counseling to get through that. And having shared time of confession from guys, listening to their confessions, and hearing really how powerful that addiction is. I would say out of all the addictions, it is probably the most subtle in that guys don't think they're addicted to porn until either their wives find out or people find out and they still continue along those lines. You mentioned death and really it is a killing of a reality of being with your wife because uh, even when you're with her in person, you're thinking of other images, there's a fantasy going on. All right, so let's back up a little bit. Some women are listening and they're saying, man, there's a bunch of... uh, perverted guys out there, right? not my husband, right? and certainly not my son. My son would uh, never have a problem with yeah. that. No, you know what? This sin is not reserved for just evil guys. I mean, there are a lot of guys who are struggling with this, who are guys that have a solid faith commitment and are good guys. Look, if you have an addictive personality, And in our culture today, in our society, chances are you're going to get pulled into one of the addictions because you are getting bombarded with it. And it is a problem among kids. You know, I'm a firm believer that you put every safeguard on every one of your computers. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that I've done. And James Dobson said a long time ago, he challenged us as men to get rid of the premium channels. And I remember thinking to myself, But there's football on HBO and there's boxing on Showtime. But he was right. He said, you know what? You wouldn't allow sewage into your house. You wouldn't allow darkness to come in. You would fight it. So why would you be any different? And understanding that, and I've counseled guys that have struggled with pornography, and they have really submitted to accountability. But when you don't change the locks on your computers, when you don't keep it from coming in, it is an uphill challenge. Yeah. Because if all it is is accountability, then we get together and, man, I, I... I tell you, I failed again. I tell you, I failed again. I was here and I was there and, man, I've been praying and asking forgiveness and I understand the remorse and the brokenness and I'm thankful for that. But until you take the next step, which is saying, how do I guard my heart? How do I guard my eyes? How do I guard my mind? And one of the ways is, do you really need to get to the internet from your iPhone? I mean, just seriously, I don't know how to get to the internet from my highball. But that's besides the point. Yeah, that's you the besides. Technology that's right. I don't like technology. You know, I, 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 always, I always say, hey, you know what? Here's a novel concept. Why don't we use our phones as phones and nothing else? But I, I understand, even though I'm still in the 20th mm-hmm. century, not everybody is. But you've got to protect yourself. You've got to protect your computer. You've got to make sure that you can't get, you know, it's just like if you were an alcoholic, you would not walk into the bar. Well, you might, but you should. So if you have young children, yes. put the locks on those computers, put the safeguards on those computers. Well, they're only nine. It doesn't matter if they're only nine. Start doing it right now. The buddy systems, you can buy the programs that have right. them. Put your computers in visible places in the home right. with the screen always out. Just some basic safeguards. Some guys are saying, yeah, you know, I, that's not a struggle for me. I, I tell you, Tunch. You go to Fox News and get the headlines from Fox, and then they've got all this other stuff, and there's stuff you shouldn't see. Again, two clicks, 
You can go from Fox News to a place you shouldn't be. The height of the temptation and the danger of that, it's unprecedented, really, right. the accessibility. You know, a couple of shows ago, I just shared with our listeners and with you that when we went from a regular TV to an HD TV years ago during the Promise Keepers movement, where we were just called as men to really lead, I remember that was when I got rid of the premium channels because I know what I'm capable of. I'm not delusional. I'm not thinking I'm this naturally this very righteous, pure guy. I need God to cause purity. I don't even ask God to help me with purity because there's not a part of my body that wants to go to purity. There's only the Holy Spirit that can cause me to go to purity. So, you know, I got rid of the premium channels and I'm not a technology guy. So internet has always been something that I've never kind of played around with just because number one, I, I don't know where to go and I'm scared to death of it. So I've always, whether it's my wife and my children, people that I love have access to my computer. So you can see right. what I'm watching. So I have the safeguards. And I thought I had it done on television too. And that, like I was sharing a story in one of our past shows, we changed HDTV. And when we changed our HDTV, our cable changed. And then we had premium channels. And I'll never forget the night that I was surfing through the channels, not thinking that there would be any pornography on it. There it is, bam, I hit a station and there's pornography. Showtime and it was late, you know, I guess those things late at night, they showed the nudity and the pornography. And I'll never forget that my brain said, change the channel. And my thumb, my thumb wouldn't work. I thought I broke my thumb, it wouldn't work. I was going, change it, change it. And I was, I couldn't believe how quickly that I got pulled in, mm -hmm. even with, you know, my wife Sharon in the other room. And eventually I changed it and I got rid of it, but I was shocked. Having not looked at any pornography in a long, long, long time, years, actually at that point, years, and to see how quickly that I got sucked in and I couldn't move, I was shocked by that. Well, women listening, just take it by faith. Yeah. This is an issue. Pray for your husband. Pray for your sons. Do the things you need to do around your house to guard, lock, protect the computers, and just make sure as men we continue to do things. If you're involved in pornography, get some help. This yeah. is one of those things no one else knows. I'm going to stop doing it tomorrow. Go get an accountability group, get a counselor to help you work through some of these things. These are things that need counseling. Yeah, and, and it's, it's an addiction. Right, and it's not, believe me when I say this, it's not like when you go to a counselor and you say, hey man, I'm really struggling with a pornography addiction. They go, oh wow, I can't believe. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, that figures. That's you know what I mean? Shock, yeah, yeah. That, it's, it's like, no, that is a real shocker. I mean, it is a huge, huge, huge problem. And look, there is no shame in admitting a weakness. There is no shame in saying, look, I'm going to need some help in this area. As a matter of fact, when a guy comes up to me and tells me he is struggling with pornography, the first thing that happens is my heart breaks for him. And the second thing that happens is that, man, thank you for sharing. All right, let's see how we counsel through this. So we can promise you, if you go to a counselor and you say, I'm struggling with pornography, they're not going to say, huh, that's the first time I've ever heard that. You're my first guy. <laughs> so I'm not Today? Sure what to do. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so pornography is one. A lot of addictions we could talk about. Let's look at one more, and then we want to go through some common characteristics right. of addictive behaviors. Right. Counselors are telling us that particularly the young marriages that are having some struggles, a lot of times... The guys are addicted to video games. I was reading the other day that 30-year-olds make up the biggest percentage of what's called gamers. And you think about it. I mean, these games, you can play anyone around the world. 
Right. You know, they're not the little things we had growing up. I right. mean, these are almost real life stuff. We had Monopoly, and we had the backyard, <laughs> the, and, and the we backyard, had trouble. A baseball bat. I remember Papa Medic trouble. <laughs> so, you don't need kids to play these games. Right. Guys have to deal with these issues. So, they're coming home. They're tired. They go to these games. They're playing someone internationally sometimes. And uh, this counselor was saying that the games are destroying marriages. Now, those guys didn't start playing the games when they turned 30. They were playing them at home. And mothers and dads got to know that when you buy your five-year-old the iPhone and put Angry Birds or whatever else on there, that's becoming a part of the process of being addicted to these games and playing them and getting the buzz out of whatever buzz you get playing Angry Birds. You know, when you told me this, it all of a sudden started making sense. I do the Steelers radio, and I work for Steelers TV, so I do a bunch of Steelers shows. So I'm with these guys a lot, and I'm at camp throughout Steelers training camp up in Latrobe for the three and a half to four weeks. They're up there. Well, one of the things that jumped out at me is these guys, and they're all between 23 and 35, these guys are crazed about Madden. I mean, they have Madden football, and, and you would think, come on, Madden football, but that's pretty benign. But these guys will literally stay up, like, they got practice at 9 o'clock. They're going to be up at 6. They're playing to the wee hours of the morning. They're playing in between practices when, in my day, we would take naps. So I'm not saying these guys are addicted with it, but the intensity and the competition and the bragging rights, and I was like going, this is crazy. These guys are really into Madden. And you would never think, what's the harm in uh, a little Madden football? Right. Unlike pornography, there's nothing wrong with playing a video game unless, until, it becomes an addiction. So let's start talking about some of these characteristics of addictive behavior. I'm going to read through these and just jump right. in at any time. Number one, the person becomes obsessed, constantly thinks of the object, the activity, the substance. Yeah, whether it's cocaine, whether, let's say, the drug of choice. Counselors will tell you that you are always thinking about the drug. So let's talk about a crack cocaine addict. He is constantly thinking about his next high. Where is he going to buy it? How is he going to buy it? Then he uses, he becomes high. He already begins thinking about his next high from that crack cocaine. And so your life now starts revolving around your addiction. So whether it's pornography, whether it's alcohol, whether it's cocaine, your job, you cannot stop thinking of it. And so a lot of counselors will tell you that that drug is like your lover, a lover that you become obsessed with. Obsessed with the object, activity, or substance. Number two, they will seek it out or engage in the behavior even though it causes harm, physical problems, poor work or study performance, problems with friends, family or fellow workers. You talked about the guy that got two or three DEIs and still right. is after the bottle. Even the harm it does, not going to slow him down. Right, and even the danger. You'll see suburban kids that'll go into the inner city to score heroin. I mean, go into places that if you were not addicted, you wouldn't dream of going. Yeah. And yet they are willing to walk in to places where drive-bys and drug deals gone bad, or even the thought of being busted is still not a deterrent, or even the thought of, here's the real sadness of it, let's use heroin, because one of the things that I don't think people realize is that heroin 
is in our high schools. Here in Western Pennsylvania, there are numerous heroin addicts that are in their teens. You know, in our day, you and I, we come from the 60s and 70s. People were using hallucinogens, they were using amphetamines, they were using barbiturates, marijuana was big. It wasn't as easy to get heroin back then as it is today for a high school kid. So even the fear of overdose does not deter these kids. And make no mistake about it, everyone just about in our community either knows someone who has OD'd from usually heroin or an opiate of some sort that have died from an overdose, and it might even be a friend or a family member, but someone that is in addiction is continuing even knowing the hold that it can get on you. The harm is going to befall them, and yet they continue to do it. Number three, a person will compulsively engage in the activity or do the activity over and over even if they don't want to. There's something in them that can't keep from doing it, and right. I think that's a huge telltale sign right there. I don't want to do it. I know it harms me, and yet I can't keep from doing it. Yeah, well, you know, having counseled guys that have struggled with an addiction, here's a crazy addiction. You know, we talked a little bit about it in one of the, the other episodes is an affair a lot of times becomes an addiction. Mm -hmm. And uh, talking to guys who want to leave the affair, and yet they can't. They're emotionally and mentally tied. And, you know, once again, let's go back to the physiological response. Your dopamines are off the charts now. Just to feel normal, you have to get this extreme buzz, or if it's a sexual addiction, you need to go in really into the depths of the darkness of erotica just to feel aroused mm -hmm. from a standpoint of whether it's alcohol, whether it's a different drug, pick your drug. You have to now engage in the drug just to feel normal mm -hmm. because the ceiling on what makes you feel good because of your addiction has just gone off the charts in your brain. So you're struggling, and that's what happens with the addict. You are struggling just getting enough drugs to get to the point where you're feeling normal. Number four, upon stopping, withdrawal symptoms occur, irritability, craving, restlessness, depression. We know that. Number five, a person does not appear to have control as to when, how long, or how much he or she will continue the behavior. Here's an example. You mowed the grass, it's hot outside, you want one beer, you end up drinking six. Right. You go to the store shopping, you only need a belt, you end up buying eight pair of shoes. Right. Shopping is another addiction that we haven't talked about. I know you, you struggle with that one in particular, but that's why maybe why we didn't want to talk. You, you said, no, well, I'm not going to talk about shopping. Is I'm this something that you didn't want to... You don't want to admit. You know what? All, it, look, I'm, all I know is if I had those new cowboy boots, I wouldn't be talking about someone else shopping. Yeah, they are boots, but they're not new. <laughs> Number six, denies problems resulting from engagement in the behavior, even though others can see the negative effects. Right. It goes back to the kind of Nathan thing. Someone loves you enough to tell you, man, this is harming you, and you're not willing to listen to the counsel. Hides a behavior after family or close friends have mentioned the concerns, hides a food under the bed, hides alcohol in the closet, spending uh, addictions doesn't show the credit card or bills, whatever. Right. You know, a lot of times people will say they have a cocaine addiction, kind of an easy one to pick out, and maybe they have broken free from cocaine, but now they're drinking. One time I was talking to a counselor, and we were talking about, is it okay for that coke addict or that heroin addict to now drink? And he says, absolutely not. Addiction mm -hmm. is addiction. And your brain cannot distinguish between a fine wine and crack cocaine. And so what will end up happening is you won't go direct to cocaine, but you'll start drinking wine. And then when the wine's not there, you'll start looking for pills. 
And that's kind of a lot of times the natural mm -hmm. progression. Or maybe I was just drinking wine and I just needed a little bit to satisfy me. Well, now I'm drinking more hard liquor. And then the next thing you know, you are back at whatever your drug of choice in addiction was. And it happens pretty rapidly. So it's not only dealing with the substance of the addiction, it's deeper than that. Yeah. You got to deal with the addiction itself right. within you. Yeah, a buddy of mine who is actually runs our Celebrate Recovery, he said, I was addicted to addiction. I was addicted mm -hmm. to everything. I was addicted to sex. I was addicted to alcohol. I was addicted to drugs. You name it, I was addicted to it. Now, Ray, many report a blackout for a time. They were engaging in the behavior. They don't remember what they bought. They don't remember how much they lost gambling. They don't remember what they did when they were drinking. That's an obvious one. As I was doing some research on this, they don't remember how far they ran on a sore foot. I was thinking about wow. that, Tunch, because yeah. some people are addicted to exercise. Yes. And you have some stories about the guys you played with right. who were, and there may have been some other issues going on, right. but they were addicted to football and all the lifting and workouts that went along with it. You know, I had a, a good buddy who played in eight straight Pro Bowls flew home on the red eye from Hawaii and went right down to the gym and started working out. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, like, are you kidding me? You know, and, and that kind of just obsessive compulsive behavior. I had a, uh, another buddy of mine who I played with who was obsessed with being big. And because of that obsession, steroid use, and he was very open about his steroid use and, and just the desire to train and be big. And even after he left the game, he continued in that vein. And and I got to tell you something, I, I got to be careful about because I really, I haven't done any drugs or alcohol for a long, long time. Was I an addict? Maybe I was. I mean, if the definition of addict is you can't go without 30 days of being sober till I hit 25 or, and then really stop drinking complete without any bit of alcohol over 12 years ago, you know, I can get obsessive about getting my walk in or get my lift in. And I jokingly say it's my drug of choice, but there's some reality to that. And so I need to force myself to not work out for a couple of days. So yeah, people can't get obsessive and addicted to that as well. I think about that a lot because I run five days a week. Right. If I miss that day, it kind Ordering. of throw, throws me off. Yeah. 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 Today, you know, I can't run anymore, but I'll walk anywhere from five to eight or nine miles a day. Mm -hmm. And today, I did not walk, and like, I'm ready to choke you now. <laughs> you have been, been draggy this No, week. no, you, you don't. You nine cups but, of coffee. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, you got me, you brought the hard, high-octane coffee, and you said, I want to get you caffeinated up. No, but in all seriousness, I really don't feel as good mm -hmm. through the course of the day if I do miss my workout. I mean, it, it, you know, that, if I'm being totally honest with myself, mm -hmm. I really look forward to that time. Right. Depression is common. And the last one, low self-esteem, feeling anxious if they don't have control over the environment. Because doing drugs or, or any addiction, that's part of it. You're in control of that. If everything else is going to heck around you, you're at least in control of that one, right. one area. There. Yeah, and it's the one thing, and here's the kind of the hideous nature of addiction is everything else in your life could be going crazy, but the buzz gives you this sense of well-being like, I'm okay. You know, I've got it. And that's one of the real tragedies. Yeah. If you see yourself in one of these characteristics, you need to do something about it. You can't tell yourself that you're going to stop on your own. If, if you're addicted to something, you get to get to a counselor and you got to get the help that you need. And I encourage you to look at this website, celebraterecovery.com. Celebraterecovery.com. It's a great ministry, it's Christ based. 
and there's some great stuff there that will help you out, eight principles of recovery. You can find the place in your area. You can go to it. You can get involved with the guys. You can get the accountability you need, celebrate recovery. We highly recommend this ministry. Yeah, you know, one of the things is you look at recovery groups, part of the things that make them effective is being together. I guess people have broken free as a Lone Ranger, but I don't know any stories like that. The guys that have been the most successful in breaking free from the shackles of addiction have gone through a recovery program, have been with other guys, have prayed with other guys, have studied the word with other guys, and locked arms. And to admit that you are an addict and have a problem is the start of all this. And you know what, when you realize that you're not by yourself, because it's easy to get into this, well, I'm the only one. When you realize that you're not alone, there comes encouragement with that. And there comes love and acceptance in these groups. And then comes the accountability. You've got to get the help you need. Yeah. You've got to get the help you need. CelebrateRecovery.com. I want to thank you for joining us on The Journey. We're talking about real issues for real men. Uh, my name is Ron Moore, and I'm here with Tunch. Okay, and Tunch, next time we're going to talk about pride, which I know men don't struggle with at Boy, all. Boy, that's front and center of me, buddy. <laughs> Join us next time on The Journey.